Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. We have a very special guest as well. Louis Vacare of Wildcat Report is joining us to break down Sunday's matchup between Rutgers and Northwestern, the season opener for both teams. Uh, this is a team, this is a game that kind of both teams need to win. Uh, but Louis, thanks for, for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to Sunday and kicking things off for sure. Absolutely. So Northwestern has been one of the most in the news teams uh, this off season. And it, if you can imagine why, I mean, anybody who's been paying attention to college football knows why, but what, what has it been like just covering the team with all the turmoil that's been around the program for the last few months? Yeah, it's been uh, shocking, you know, and it, it hasn't been a whole lot of fun. I'll tell you since July, it's, uh, I've written the word allegedly and alleged and allegations <laughs> more than I ever thought I would in my life. Uh, but um, yeah, it's shocking. I mean, you think about it, Northwestern is going to be, they're going to play a game on Sunday without Pat Fitzgerald as head coach. I mean, that was unthinkable yeah. just a couple months ago, right? He, he's, he looked like a lifetime guy. He was going to be there as long as he wanted to. And uh, he's gone. And, you know, the, 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 the way it happened, you know, if you, I'm sure you guys remember it was uh, first they came out and had the results of a hazing investigation and they gave them a two week suspension in July. So everybody's like, eh, it wasn't that big a deal. And then the next day, the Daily Northwestern published allegations of the whistleblower and things exploded. And uh, two days after that, he was fired. So there's there's been a lot of criticism of the administration and how they handle it. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. I think it, it's been botched from the outset. And there are a lot of uh, people that didn't think Fitzgerald should have been fired. A lot of people do. It's, there's, uh, you know, all kinds of things coming out the, the locker room, ex-players on both sides. It's It's been crazy. It's been, I, I don't think there's a, a team or a program more anxious to start the season than Northwestern. Just put it all behind them, get out there on the field, you know, where everything makes sense and do what they came here to do, which is play football. So I think uh, th that team will be ready to go on Sunday for sure. So they're going to be led by David Braun, interim head coach, new guy to the program too. Just tell us a little bit about him and did he kind of just, I know it's such short, uh, short term from him getting interim head coach or, or DC to interim head coach, but has he kind of just kept everything that Fitzgerald already had in place in terms of media availabilities and stuff like that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so yeah, we don't know a whole lot about him yet, right? He just mm -hmm. got here in January yeah. as a defensive coordinator. And then in mid July, he found out he's the head coach. This is his first head coaching experience of his life. He hasn't been a head coach at any level. He's never been in the mm -hmm. power five before. Um, so he's got a, you know, completely new staff. He, he brought a couple more coaches on just in a, the earlier this month. So, you know, things are very much in flux. We don't know. We know hardly anything about him as a coach. We know the players really like him. They really respect him. They respond to him and 
he's kind of, you know, tried to kept thing, keep things as normal as possible and just try to focus on football. They've tried to, you know, deflect all the questions about hazing in the locker room and how they're going to handle things. Mostly those have been defected, deflected, and they, they just want to keep the focus on football. So I think he's done a good job with that. Uh, players really respect him. Um, it's, you know, it's like they lost their father figure in Fitzgerald, but their uncle, you know, is in charge now. I think they, it was, it's good to have a familiar face, you know, in front of them and a guy that they believe and trust. So I think from that aspect, it, it was a positive and, um, you know, we'll see about him as a coach. I don't think he knows, you know, I think there's going to be things that come up throughout uh, is his early weeks that he's going to kind of formulate his style and figure out things on the fly. They, they did bring in Skip Holtz, who's a familiar name to all of us as a, he's an assistant to the head coach. So that's kind of a nebulous thing. We're not sure exactly what his role will be. And they, they got a defensive coordinator, not a defensive coordinator. They brought in a defensive assistant, DJ Vokalek, who was just most recently at Nebraska. Um, he would normally, I think, had been the coordinator, but they don't feel like they had time. So um, Coach Braun is going to continue to call the defense as well. So he's got a lot on his plate on uh, Sunday. And, you know, I think we're all interested to see how it works out. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking off that real quick. Were you surprised they named him the interim head coach? Because there's a lot of experience in, in Bajakin or Bajakin or however you pronounce it. I might pronounce oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Bajakian. yeah. See, not even close. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I thought <laughs> and he he's a Jersey guy. It. Yeah, I know. He's got a ton of experience and he's been with the program. Are you a little shocked they picked Braun or? Um, I don't think I was shocked. I mean, Mike Bajakian hasn't had a whole lot of success. I think that might have mm -hmm. been part well, of it. You know, he was a guy. You know, I, I asked Fitz at spring practice why he decided to keep Jakey in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he, he got rid of Jim O'Neill, the defensive coordinator, kept Jakey in. And, you know, the offense struggled badly last year. They've been down for a couple of years. And he said mm -hmm. he basically said that he didn't want to have that much change on both sides of the ball. Right. That mm -hmm. he thought he wanted to be solid on one side of the ball. So it wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement, you know, and I think I think that may have been part of it. And they do have also they got a coach Matt McPherson who's been there as long as Fitz was and he's he's the actual was the actual associate head coach but you know I think with this with the hazing scandal you, you know you can you elevate a guy that was on staff during that time and not allowed that to happen but it happened on his partial yeah. watch I think that may have been part of it too so I, 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 I don't think I was that surprised. I mean, it, it, there was a name that was floated right away, and I knew the, the players were behind that. They liked that idea, um, and, and I know that he spoke to them uh, the, the day that they fired Fitz, and uh, a lot of players talked about how he really connected with them, and, and he kind of put himself forward right there that uh, the administration ended up going with him. I think, I think it was probably the right move looking at it from now. You mentioned DJ Vokalek. Rutgers fans should recognize that last name. Travis Vokalek started his career at Rutgers, transferred to uh, Nebraska. I think he made, yeah. you know, I don't think he was drafted, but I know he was on a camp team this past year. Um, another Rutgers piece of flavor in your coaching staff is Sean Gleason, who was the yeah. offensive coordinator for two and a half seasons at Rutgers. Now he's at Northwestern. Have you guys heard anything about him? I'm sure Rutgers fans would. If you haven't, it's, it's okay too, but that's a... a a sore subject for a lot of Rutgers fans, Sean Gleason. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't know much about him. He's, he's in an analyst role right now. Um, I think he was seen as a, certainly a good addition. You know, this the offense is definitely something that needs some help, and I think uh, people hope he can uh, rejuvenate things a little bit with him and, and, and the new quarterback at least and get things moving a little bit. And, again, there's, there's no place to go but up, right? They had 13.8 points a game last year, which was the worst number in Power 5. So – um, yeah, I think people are hopeful, but honestly, his that that whole thing got has gotten lost in the you know the tsunami of news over the last yeah. couple months. Like people aren't thinking very much about Sean Gleason, and uh, you know, and the other thing is with this whole coaching staff, they may be gone at the end of the year, right? They, yeah, they may true. bring in a completely new head coach, brings in a new staff, and they're all gone. So it's everything's very much up in the air here, and you know, no one knows how things are going to turn out. Yeah, I was a little surprised you guys didn't have more transfers out. I think you guys lost three freshmen to various programs uh, in the transfer portal. Let's talk about who you brought in in the transfer portal this offseason. You, you mentioned a new quarterback. Who are some of the guys you expect to make a big impact right away out of the transfer portal? Yeah, Ben Bryant is the big one, right? The quarterback, uh, he's a guy with two years of starting experience under his belt, uh, one at Eastern Michigan, one at Cincinnati. This, You know, he's he's played a lot of football. He's, he's a savvy veteran presence, and I think that's exactly what Northwestern needs. You know, they had a big problem with turnovers last year. They were the worst in the country in turnover margin last season. So if, if they can just t- hold on to the ball, just take care of the football, and if he can just, you know, get the player, get the ball into the player's hands, you know, the right play, make get into the right plays, get the ball in the right player's hands, I think they'll be very much improved offensively. You know, they killed themselves last year. They were minus 19 in turnover ratio last year. So if they can take care of the football, I think they'll be much better right there. And then they also gave them a couple weapons at wide receiver. They got Cam Johnson, who's, who's a possession receiver guy. He's got over 1,300 receiving yards in his career at Vandy and then one year at Arizona State. Um, And then they got A.J. Henning, who's an intriguing kind of weapon for them. He's a fast dude, you know, kind of a dynamic player that uh, they they don't get – we don't see very often here in Evanston. You know, he's got some big-time speed, and I think he's a guy that can stretch the defense a little bit. They'll try to line him up, you know, maybe in the slot outside, in the backfield sometimes, be a gadget guy. And then also he's going to be a big boost in return game, obviously. That's where I think his greatest strength is. Uh, defensively, they brought in a couple of defensive tackles. I don't think either one of them are big playmakers, but they're guys that will get depth because they only had two scholarship <laughs> defensive tackles this spring, Jeez. so they really needed some help there. Yeah. And they got a, uh, a defensive end from Southern Illinois that will help with the pass rush a little bit, Richie Haggerty. So I think, you know, they did some good things in the portal. I think um, – you know, it'll definitely help this year. And especially, you know, they lost five transfers this summer. Four of them were freshmen. And, and one guy was a uh, – Jeremiah Lewis was going to be a starter this year. So that, that one really hurt. And their numbers are a little bit down. So I think, you know, any kind of depth they get is going to be crucial. And if, if I think as the season goes on, they, they may be susceptible. If they have a run of injuries at one position, it could cut, catch up to them you know, later in the year because their numbers are a little down this year. Now, now you guys are also, uh, you lost Evan Hull. Uh, he was your, the starting running back for what, the past three seasons, four seasons at this point. Um, now you're replacing him with Cam Porter. How, is Cam fully healthy? Because I know he got injured last year. And is, is he good enough to be just as good as Hull or better maybe? 
Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, so he Hall started the last two years and, and was absolutely mm-hmm. dynamite. He was, uh, you know, he was the bright spot of the offense last year. And that kid is a mm-hmm. warrior. And, you know, I think everybody uh, hope he does well in the NFL and uh, with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Cam Porter was a guy that in 2020, as a, as a true freshman, he really emerged late in that season and helped them get to that Big Ten title game. He was kind of their bell cow. He's a 220-pound back, very physical, mm-hmm. downhill runner. And he looked he looked fantastic. And then in 2021, before fall camp, he tore his ACL. So that wiped out 2021. And last year, he was back he, uh, splitting time with Hull. Um, you know, Hull got the lion's, care, the sh- lion's share of the carries and everything. But um, – you know, they, they worked Porter in there, but he, you know, he wasn't himself. You could tell it wasn't the same guy we saw in 2020. So all the reports out of camp is that he's back to his old self. He, he looks like he did back in 2020. So people are hopeful mm-hmm. that they have the, the guy that's going to carry the load for him this year. Uh, he was, he was, like I said, he was a, very impressive in 2020 and people were really looking forward to seeing what he could do in his career. And it got derailed and uh, you know, hopefully this year he can get it back on track. Who are some other playmakers to watch on offense? You talked about the quarterback. You talked about the transfer receivers. Are there any other players on offense that Rutgers fans should be aware of that could make an impact in this game? Yeah, I think they. there's a couple maybe. I mean, I, those are your main guys. I think Bryce Kurtz is their uh, leading returning receiver from last season. He's a guy that's going to be in the mix. He'll be one of the starting wideouts. I think it'll be Johnson and Henning, the two transfers, and then Bryce Kurtz. And people are looking forward to seeing what he can do. They've got a true freshman I know they're high on, Frank Covey the fourth. Um, and then at tight end, they've got some weapons. They, they've got a unbelievable, unbelievable depth at that position. There's one that's one. I think they got 10 of them in camp this year, which is a wow. ton. Yeah. Um, so we may see some more two tight end sets this year. We'll have to see. But Thomas Gordon is a guy that's uh, – made some highlight real catches in his career and uh, hopefully he can be con- a little more consistent this year. And they've got Marshall Lang as another guy, but um, you know, the offense, like I said, they, they've got a lot to prove this year and uh, Mike Bajakian does as well as the coordinator. And um, you know, I think fans are hopeful that they'll be better this year. I, I'm pretty confident that, you know, that they will be better than 13.8 points per game this season. I hope so anyway. <laughs> Uh, safe, safe assumption, the biggest question mark has to be the offensive line, right? I think it's five new starters for uh, Northwestern. Well, four. Yeah. Four. Okay, four. No, I'm sorry, yeah. that incorrect. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, Skoronsky, am I pronouncing that one? Skoronsky, yeah. There we go. I got one. See? see, I got one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they lo- you lost him. You lost a couple other guys. Is Are they going to be able to replace them, you think? Or is it going to be still a big question mark? Well, you don't get a – you're not going to replace a guy like Skaronsky. Yeah, that, that dude was a, you know, first-round draft pick and, you mm-hmm. know, got it started every game of his career. But, um, you know, we'll have to see. It's There's there's a lot of question marks up there. They only got one guy returning starters, Josh Preeb at guard, and, mm-hmm. you know, he had some injuries too. Um, Caleb Tiernan, though, at, at left tackle, he's played a lot of football, and he, he did start some games for them too. I think he, they're okay on the left side, but – Center guard and tackle is a lot of question marks. There's there's some veterans in there. There's some young guy. They may start a true freshman, Jordan Knox. We'll have to see at wow. guard. But um, they have some guys that have you know been around a long time, and it's it's their turn to step up. So we'll have to see how they do. You know, Ben Rather also is the center. He's played some for them too. It he's made starts at center and guard in his career. Um, mm-hmm. So 
we'll, we'll see if, if those guys are ready to step up and uh, be contributors on day one. So you've talked a lot about the offense so far. Let's transition to the defensive side of the ball. Where would you say the strength of the defense lies for Northwestern? Well, it's definitely the back half, right? The, the, the back seven, I think. At linebacker, they return all three starters from a year ago. Bryce Gallagher was their number one tackler, and he's, he's the leader of the defense. He's kind of the quarterback of the defense out there. Played a lot of football for them. Um, so he, he's there. And then Xander Mueller was their number two tackler. Uh, he, he was also number two sack guy last year. They like to use him on the blitz. So, you know, they've got a lot of returning uh, depth there, a lot of experience. And then at safety, they got a couple guys. Coco Azuma was a guy that uh, he started a couple years ago. He only played in a handful of games last year because he got hurt, missed the majority of the season. So he's a guy that uh, they're looking forward to getting back to. He's a, he's a real playmaker back there, outstanding athlete. Uh, they got Rod Hurd is another safety that's played a lot as both a nickel and a safety for them. So they feel pretty good um, in, in the back half, especially up the middle there with linebacker and uh, safeties. Um, they got a couple corners that people – I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic about cornerbacks. They haven't played a whole lot yet, but Garnett Hollis and Theron Johnson are both guys that I think have some skills. So I, I think the, the back half is definitely the strength, the back, the, the seven in the back, but um, the question mark is the defensive line, right? So I talked about, they only had two scholarship defensive tackles in the spring. They brought in a couple transfers. They have a couple freshmen they added that are promising. I don't know if they're going to be ready yet or not. We'll have to see, but uh, you know, they finished 110th in the nation against the run last year. That, that was their weak point, And, you know, they're still pretty thin up there. So that that's a question mark. And we also don't know where the pass rush is going to come from. They lost uh, Tommy Adebaware, uh, who's now with the Colts. Um, so, yeah, He was you the know, guy they, who had those, like, absolutely freaky numbers at the combine. Yeah. Right? Like some of the freakiest I've ever seen. Yeah. 280 pounds and he ran a four, was it four, seven or no, it might've been faster than that. I, I can't remember now. Four, five, something like that. Uh, it, it was ridiculous. Geez. Yeah. Look him up. I can't. Yeah. He ran a four, I, four, nine at six, two, 280 pounds. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Made himself some money that day. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. But yeah, so they so they lost him. They've got you know Sean McLaughlin, this guy that played a lot for him. He's been a starter for a couple of years, and um, they hope they they can put some kind of a pass rush together. But the, the the up front, the defensive line is the big big question mark for the defense. No question. Now, now, Union, I want to ask you about that. Really, no one talks about, and anytime we talk about it, it's usually in Rucker's favor. But with Adam Korsak gone and Adam Krukshank gone. I think Northwestern might have the edge on special teams. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there. Well, we'll see. I mean, they, uh, they weren't great last year. Um, but you know, I, I tell you one thing people are excited about is AJ Henning, right? So mm -hmm. he's a, he's a dynamic return man that could add a whole new dimension to the game. Northwestern, they, they don't return a lot of punts period. And they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't really get a lot out of kick returns or anything. So people, you know, hopefully he's a guy that can really boost them uh, in the special teams. Um, Jack Olson is a guy that uh, is the place kicker people are looking forward to seeing. He's been hurt the last couple of years. He transferred a couple of years okay. ago from Michigan State and hasn't really gotten on the field. He's had a lot of injury problems, so people are hopeful he can handle the duties. And then the punting, mm -hmm. the punt game, we'll have to see, you know, who emerges as the starter. Um, mm -hmm. So they, the, the guy from UCLA – 
uh, last year had a up and down uh, kind of first season. I think he'll be pushed a little bit in camp, but I expect him the, to be the starter this year too. Hmm. All right, I'm going to do a little prompt for you. Uh, oh, just yeah. finish the sentence. If Northwestern wins, it's because oh, – Do we freeze there? I think we froze. Uh, yeah, for a second. I think we're <laughs> oh, good. Sorry. Yeah. So if Northwestern wins the game, it's because – just fill out the scenario there. Well, how's the game flow out? Well, I think, number one, they got to take care of the football. That's the biggest thing. They got to win the turnover mm -hmm. battle. That's going to be crucial. And I think the second biggest thing is to stop the running game, right? So that's that, That's what's going to kill them, I think, this year. They've got to find a way to contain it. And I think what they want to do is, is you know, kind of contain that running game and put the ball on Wim or put the game on Wimsat's shoulders, make him beat you through the air. You know, whether they can do that or not, I'm not sure. I, I think their defense will be better this year. You know, the last couple of years under Jim O'Neill, they really struggled. That was their Achilles heel because, uh, you know, Northwestern under Fitz, you know, they, they kind of – their M.O. was to win the game with defense and do enough offensively, don't make mistakes, and get the win. And all that the last couple of years went out the window. They really struggled on defense, and they turned the ball over a lot. So I think the keys are for them is take care of the football, stop the run. And then if they can make a big play or two, um, you know, I think they could sneak out of there with a win. I mean, looking at the schedule, this was a 1-11 team this year. They don't, there's not a lot of, you look at the schedule, there's not a lot of opportunities for a win. And this I think yep. is one of them. They're, they're six and a half point underdogs. They're on the road, but you know, Rutgers is a team that won one game in the big 10 last year as well. I think if, if things come, if, if they can, do those things, I think they might be able to sneak out of there with a win. And, and the other thing I'll say about this team is that, you know, with all the uh, controversy, I, I think it's really galvanized the locker room. This, this team has really come together. They, they have that, you know, all teams kind of strive for that us against the world mentality and all that, you know, everybody's disrespecting us. And Northwestern obviously feels that way this year, right? It, they feel like it's the whole world against them and they've been under attack and, and they want nothing more than to get out there and kind of prove that, uh, you know, prove what they can do and uh, prove people wrong. So I think, you know, this, this locker room is very together. I think they might, uh, they might surprise us a couple times this year and maybe Sunday could be one of those days. We'll see. I mean, yeah, they put it on shirts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Us against the world. Yeah. And that turned yeah. into that was a bad move. Right. That turned into yeah. a media firestorm that, uh, you know, it was tone deaf and the, the AD mm -hmm. came out and criticized. Yeah, that was a bad, a bad scene. But yeah, that's the way they feel. It's, yeah. it's cats against the world. That's what the shirt said. And uh, that that's how they feel. Yeah, it's always dangerous to go against an opponent that feels like they have nothing to lose and that everyone's against them anyway to try to just let it fly. Um, but in the opposite end of the coin of the last question, uh, what happened? Like if, if Northwestern loses, what do you think the reasoning comes down to? Well, I think it'll be those things. I think if Rutgers will control the ball, um, you know, and, and just be able to run the ball like teams did last year, kind of control the clock. Uh, I think that that would really hurt them. And then, you know, the turnovers, if they, if they make a couple mistakes and maybe the offense, you know, the other thing is they do have a lot of new parts with Ben Bryant and these new receivers and offensive line. Maybe early in the season, they're not quite, you know, it might take them some time to come together. And, and they also have a new defense as well, right? They got a new coordinator in David Braun. So, 
it, it could take some time to come together and maybe they do make a couple mistakes and they let it get away from them. You know, it's it, honestly, I don't know what to expect from this team on, on Sunday. It's going to be interesting. I think this was, this was a team that uh, had a lot of questions going into the off season. And now with, with all the controversy around them, who knows how they're going to respond. And, and we got a, a, a new coach and, everything. They're just so much up in the air. It's, it's really hard to kind of predict what, what we're going to see on Sunday, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that this is going to be a very together team and we'll, we'll see if that brings out the best in them or not on Sunday. Yeah. I think we're kind of in the same boat in terms of, we don't know what to expect because Shana similar to, to Northwestern doesn't really like a whole lot to get out. He doesn't really allow great access. So yeah. we don't really know what to really uh, look forward to on Sunday either. So I think it'll be a very illuminating game in a lot of ways for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and this is like the first game for CBS, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, welcome to the Big Ten. You get Rutgers and Northwestern, right? Yeah, that's Two like teams. the sicko, <laughs> sicko committee, committee game of the weekend. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You got two teams combined for two conference wins last year. So, yeah, it'll be uh, – we'll see what, what happens. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, last one I got for you before we get to predictions. Um, just what's the general feel amongst the fan base? Is it like you said before, they just want to get this game started, get the season started and kicked off already? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. They, they want to just get the season started and put everything behind them and, you know, get mm-hmm. back to talking about, you know, touchdowns, offense, defense, that kind of stuff, instead of lawsuits mm-hmm. and allegations okay. and those kinds of things. Um yeah, and I, and I think, like I said, I think there's some optimism maybe that, you know, this is a winnable game. I think people look at, you know, they're not going to have too many opportunities. This may be one of them. And as far as Big Ten goes, Big Ten games go, this is probably their best opportunity. It may be the only time they're less than a double-digit underdog this season. So this is an opportunity, and we don't know what they're going to look like, but we'll, we'll see. I think there's a, li- there's a little bit of optimism there. Yeah, it seems like Rutgers and Northwestern have the same kind of uh, backlash from fans. Anytime that there's like a scandal, you have the academics come out and say, you know, this is why we shouldn't be in big time athletics. Do you think that was a legitimate like possibility for Northwestern to actually stop being in Power Five athlete athletics? No, I mean you no, guys know yeah. the, the, too much the money, money <laughs> part of the equation yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that, and they, you know, and they. They do have they, – they built a beautiful facility just a few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, right on the $70 million, dollar, yeah, practice facility, and they're in the midst. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the stadium. They were supposed to break ground on the stadium after this hmm. season. They're going to raise Ryan Field and build a new one that's $800 million. And hmm. they secured a lot of the funding. But now with the firing of Fitz, there's some donors. We don't know where where that stands right now. They, they say they're moving forward with it, but – We'll have to see. But anyway, they, they made a sizable investment there. I think, you know, Northwestern's a charter member of the Big Ten. There's there's no way. I mean, that would, yeah, what yeah. would that do to the athletic department, not getting that $60 million TV money every year? I mean, there's yeah. there's no way. No, they're 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 in it. No question about it. They're not they're not going anywhere. Voluntarily, uh-huh. anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I just had to ask because I know that there was a lot of uh, scuttlebutt about that and the, the oh, same yeah. types of people at Rutgers. Anytime there's an issue, it's like, this is why we need to focus on academics first, get out of big time. We should be like the in the Ivy League. It's like, well, first of all, we're not getting the Ivy League. Second of all, 
you can't get out of this money. Like we're too yeah. committed, similar to Northwestern. Exactly. Um, yep. So let's get to uh, get to predictions. You're the guest. We'll allow you to kind of give yours first, and then we'll give ours. All but right. how do you think this game plays out? I don't know. Like I said, I'm a little optimistic. I, I think this is a game they can win. I, I really like the fact that they got Ben Bryant at, at quarterback. This is a steady veteran that's going to take care of the football. Because you look at them last year, that was their biggest problem was the turnovers. They killed themselves. Um, so I'm, I'm a little – I really like the fact that they have Bryant there, and I like the couple weapons that they added. Defensively, I think just a new coordinator, I think they should be much – more fundamentally sound than they were the last couple of years. They get back to what uh, they do best. And and if they can stop that run, I think they have a chance to be a solid defense. You know, this is a team, like I said, they were one in 11 last year, not many places to go, but up. I think this is a team that could win two, three, maybe four games or something like that. And if, if they surprise and win like five or six, I think David Braun is your big 10 coach of the year, maybe national coach of the year. Right. I mean, the expectations yeah. are really low. I think Sunday is, is a day that they could uh, put together. I think they could win it. I, I think this is a, uh, like I said, a very unified, galvanized locker room. They can't wait to play. And I think this is a game that they can win on uh, on Sunday. You want to score? Is yeah, that, uh, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll say, I don't know, maybe 21-17, 23-20, something like that. I think it'll be a low-scoring tight game and, um, you know, maybe Northwestern can make a play or two and win the game. It's it's just a hunch. I'm not sure how why I feel that way, but I kind of do. This is a team that had a lot of it's got a lot of pent up energy that they're looking to unleash, and maybe uh you know Sunday Sunday turns out good for them. I think you know that would be certainly a big boost for the program. I think a lot of people would be pretty happy for those players that have gone through everything they have the last couple months. You know, there's no oh, yeah. there's no team more ready to go than they are. Rich, you want to go next? Uh, I have to. Um, <laughs> I I think it's going to be interesting. Like I, everyone's judging me on our boards because we already posted ours, and I I said Rutgers isn't going to cover, and I'm like I still think they win, but I think like you said, I think it could be 2017 or 20 uh 2014 wouldn't even be a cover technically. So I I think I actually ended up predicting 2014. I think Rutgers is just going to try to hold onto the ball for as long as possible, run the ball yeah. up the gut, and just hopefully produce first downs for a change. Um, but they're in kind of a similar boat. Like it's a little different, obviously, because everything's going on at Northwestern, but they're bottom of the big 10, they're bottom of the big 10 East and they need to do something to try to change that. Are they going to go from what was it? 17 points per game last year to 25. No, they're not going to go anywhere near that, but I think they will be better. I just don't know how much better. And I think Northwestern, like you said, is, is coming out <laughs> guns blazing. They want to mm -hmm. prove that they're, they're still together and they're still a good team. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see on Sunday. But I, I think 20, I'm going to say 20 to six, uh, 2014. Yeah, I, I'm kind of a similar mindset. I don't think there's any coach in the country who's more happy about the running clock first down rule than Greg Schiano because he just <laughs> wants to get these games over as quickly as possible, keep running the clock. If he could run it first down, second down, third down, and keep converting, he would do it. Um, the biggest thing that concerns me is Rutgers has had this long history of having a quarterback disadvantage or, you know, not they're sleeping on a quarterback and it ended coming up to end up biting them. Ben Bryant mm -hmm. is a guy I see who that, Northwestern has a significant quarterback advantage. In my opinion, he's had a lot of experience. He's a six year guy. He's been in multiple systems. He's kind of just like ready to go. He's seen a lot. 
and that scares the shit out of me. Sorry for cursing, but it really does scare me that he's going to come in and just like pick us apart. I don't know if that'll happen or not. Northwestern obviously has its share of issues, as does Rutgers. I think this is an ugly game. Yeah. Uh, similar to, to Richie, I think they do cover, but barely. I think I'm going to predict 20 to 13. I think if it's any higher scoring than that, it's because of wacky special teams or defensive turn defensive touchdowns. But I'm going to go with 20 to 13 Rutgers wins. Yeah, but, those are all plausible answers. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. We'll have to see what happens. And and I agree with you. I think. You know, Ben Bryant gives me a little bit of confidence that, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just look at who's got the better quarterback, and I think it's Northwestern on, yep. on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see about the defense. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Yeah, I think the plausibility is always important with these predictions, especially early in the season. <laughs> when we talked to some uh, Boston College writers last year, because Rutgers played at Boston College opening day, they had yeah. a writer who predicted a 28-point victory for Boston College. Uh, the same Boston College who ended up losing to Rutgers at home yeah. opening day by two points, and they went three and nine on on the season. I think they were really smelling their own shit last year, and they completely <laughs> fell apart. Uh, but yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Do you have anything you want to plug? Where can we find you on social media? All the the whole. Uh, yeah, so wildcatreport.com is where the Northwestern Rivals site, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at at wildcatreport. Awesome. Cool. Rich, you have anything else before we, we head out here? No, I mean, I'm, I'm watching tape in the background of uh, AJ Henning, and like he gives me nightmares a little bit. I'm not <laughs> he's fast. He is. I'm yeah, he's, really, he's fast. really fast. Now, he's only got like 25 career catches. You know, well, he's, yeah, he's an that. unproven receiver, but I, I, in the return game, he's going to be dynamite, and there's mm-hmm. a chance he could turn into something as a receiver, too. I think Northwestern doesn't get speed guys like that, you know, very often, a guy that can stretch the field. So we'll see what they can do with it. Yeah, he, he kind of gives me Jaden Reed type vibes. It might just be the Michigan thing and, and the speed <laughs> combination, but like Jaden Reed lit up Rutgers for what, 128 yards once, uh, 90 yards another time. And it's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so speed does give him an Michigan issue, State so. guy, though. That's oh, what yeah, I'm saying. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. Like it's oh, okay, well, okay. Western Michigan before that. So it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's it's all the Michigans and speed and yep. wide receivers. You just, you yeah. see it and it just, yeah. And Henning's but, a Chicago kid coming home. Well, there so, you go. So. Yeah. That's awesome. But, all right, Louie, no, we well, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody at home. This has been another edition of the Network Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.